Have you been thinking about launching a podcast for your business, but want to make sure that you're doing it with intention and that it's actually going to be worth your time? I am so excited to be hosting my Launch Your Podcast Funnel workshop. In this workshop, I'm gonna teach you what you need to have in place to launch a podcast designed to work for your business as a funnel with new leads and clients. The workshop will be live on May 16th. You'll have the opportunity to ask questions and get feedback, plus you'll walk away with clarity on how to start launching your podcast funnel. Head to wildhomepodcasting.com slash funnel, and I cannot wait to see you there and help you start your podcast journey. Welcome to the Wild Home Podcast, where we talk about podcasting life and all the wild in between. Join me, Caroline, every week as I share a peek into the world of podcasting and my wildlife as well. Ready? Let's get into it. Hey, everybody. On today's episode, I am so excited to be introducing you to my dear friend, Katie Hunt. Katie really helped me back in the day when I was running my stationary business, and now I get to help her with her podcast. Katie is the founder of Proof to Product, formerly known as Trade Show Bootcamp, a business strategist and mentor to product-based entrepreneurs. She works with thousands of entrepreneurs through her in-person conferences and online courses she offers. She is also the host of her podcast, Proof to Product, where she takes listeners behind the scenes of growing a product-based business. Guests share their successes, struggles, and how they've made difficult but important transitions in their businesses to continue growing. Today's episode is just jam-packed with information, and Katie shares so much wisdom about having a podcast and a business. We talked about how she decided to start her podcast to increase visibility, how her marketing strategy works with her podcast, where she funnels her listeners to keep them engaged, and how her podcast even influenced her business's name. And towards the end, my favorite part of these interviews is we actually talk about how people are actually podcasting from their home. And so Katie shares some insight into what that looks like for her. I know you're going to love this episode, so enjoy. Hi, Katie. Welcome to the show. Hey, Caroline. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So before we dive into talking about all things podcasting, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. So my name is Katie Hunt, and I am the founder of Proof to Product, which is a community for product-based business owners. So people making physical goods. My roots are in the stationary industry. So many of the people I've coached along the way are from that world. But my podcast, as we'll talk about soon, has really opened up the amount of people, the types of industries I'm working with, and the types of people that are following along. So I mainly help these product business owners get their products on the shelves of retail stores. So teaching them how to sell wholesale, how to build their business and and scale it to what they're what, what they're looking to create. Awesome. Yeah. And I met Katie back in the day when I had a stationary business. Katie yeah. was actually a huge help to my business. So I can't highly recommend you enough for product-based businesses. Go check her out. Thank you. So let's start off by talking about how you got into podcasting. What was that journey like? What made you decide that you needed to have a podcast? 
Yeah. So I started my podcast. We launched in May of 2017, but it was probably November of 2016 that I decided this is what I'm going to do. And I can tell you about that path too from November to May, but let me back up a little bit. 2016 was a crazy year for me. That was the year that I had our fourth baby. I still had my product-based business, my stationary brand, Kelp Designs. And it was the year I, and then, then I had proof to product that we were running too. And then I taught four classes for Creative Live that year. And I was speaking at people's conferences all over the place, like Canada, or I'm sorry, Mexico and like all over the US and stuff. And so it was like, I don't know. I got to the end of that year and I was like, whoa, I am tired. Like this was too much for me as an individual. It was way too much for my family. Like, you know, it, it was just, it was too much. And so I said to, I said to my husband, look, I need like 24 hours. Just give me 24 hours to go be by myself (laughs) with my thoughts, without any distractions from home or work. And let me like think through how I can make changes in my business and even maybe some things in my personal life to make this more sustainable for all of us. Cause right now what we're doing is not, you know, my business is growing and I'm seeing a lot of success, but it's not something that I can sustain or that I want to sustain. Right. So I went on a retreat and I, by myself for like 24 hours and I made some big decisions and I talked about it on my podcast too, but I decided I was not going to speak at any other conferences or programs other than my own, the conferences I host and the courses I host in 2017. And I decided I was going to stop manufacturing for my product-based business Mm -hmm. and focus solely on proof to product and the coaching and the programs I was hosting there. And I was also going to get some help at home. (laughs) Um, uh, (laughs) But ultimately, in deciding to uh, focus mainly on proof of product and then focusing on not speaking elsewhere, I said, how can I maintain visibility? I was really nervous about this. Like, are people going to, they're not going to see me. They're not going to remember me. They're not going to know about me. They're not going to know about our programs. How's this business going to continue without that marketing? And so I thought, you know what? Let's do a podcast. I love talking to people. I want to shed light on our alumni and the people we've coached along the way tell their stories of successes and struggles. And also it'll give me visibility that I would have otherwise had on stages in places, but without the travel and without being away from my family, I could do it at home. And so uh, that was November. I decided we'd do it. I talked to my little, but I knew going into it, if I was going to do it, I needed people to help me. I needed people Mm -hmm. that knew how to make it all run. We needed strong systems in place because, you know, it's intimidating to do something every week or release a new episode every single week. And so um, I wanted to take our time in the planning phase before we launched to make sure we had everything dialed in. And we did. And it it launched almost three years ago now and it's going really strong and we've taken minimal breaks as you know you know maybe over the holidays a couple of times here and there but we've done at least one episode a week sometimes two for almost three years now yeah and you're about when we're recording this you're about to release episode 143 I think so yeah yeah and that doesn't even like cover like the bonus episodes you've done over over those years and things like that so you've really done and produced a lot of content which is amazing well I again I I have to tell you like (laughs) you and the rest of the team made it possible I would not have been able to do it if I didn't I knew from the start that I would not be able to do it on my own. And so bringing you on and bringing on, you know, we have somebody that helps to pitch guests and, you know, project manager. It it, it takes a team. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's, that's for sure. It does. I want to go back to, you were talking about that visibility piece. So now looking back on the three years that you've done the podcast, is it, has it been over three years? It'll be three years in May, I guess. Yeah. Three years. Gosh, that's crazy. It feels like yesterday. Um, (laughs) Do you feel like 
that visibility piece has clicked in for you with the podcast, do you feel like it's helped fill that gap from you doing the speaking engagements? Absolutely. And it's led to so many more things in my business that I didn't even realize it would lead to. But yes, to the visibility component, absolutely. I am reaching a much wider audience of product makers, not just in the stationary world, but across textiles and fashion and a whole lot of other industries that, you know, I didn't really know or work with or cater to. Um, I'm getting a lot of service-based business owners, frankly, that are listening to the show and telling me, oh my gosh, like this is really, I know I don't sell physical products, but this is really relevant to me too, because you're talking about general operations of the business. Um, I will say too, you know, we, I love tracking data and analytics and stuff like that. And the podcast has become our number one source of new clients, new referrals for our courses and our programs, which I knew it would have an effect just because when you're producing consistent, good content, it's going to attract more people. But to see it in the numbers and see a rise in our, you know, paper camp registrations, it has been really rewarding in that respect too, because, you know, we all don't make make money podcasting. We do it as part of our marketing strategy. So, but yeah, yeah, visibility wise, it has opened a lot of doors and I feel seen in a way that feels much more comfortable to me than what I was doing previously with the speaking and, and other things. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think that's a good a good testimony to like what a podcast can do for you and right. for your business when you think about it and put in the effort and are consistent, which are things that you've you've really done, which I think makes a huge impact. And I I preach that all the time. Consistency is key. Right. And you're not gonna get to a hundred episodes unless you really stick with it and keep going and you know, I, like you said as we've gone on, the listenership has only grown. And that's generally the case, but you have to be consistent. So I commend you for that. Thank you. So when you started this, were you thinking about your marketing strategy at all? Or was it just like, okay, I'm going to have this podcast and it's going to do this thing for me. But how did you kind of implement that with the strategy of growing your business and your marketing? So this is a great question. I feel like the answer is both yes and no. I feel like at the time I was just like, I hit a wall and I need to do something different and let's try this podcasting thing and see what happens. I didn't have like a content marketing strategy per se around it because again, I'm also doing a lot of interviews. So we're talking about different things. But I quickly realized, okay, we need to leverage this airtime too for my business. So we need to be strategic about like, for example, one thing we're pretty good at is when we're selling our paper camp conference or our paper camp e-course, for example, I like to bring on our alumni to tell their stories. And I'll sometimes ask them. It's not a big sales pitch. It's not a big ad in the middle of the right. episode. But I will ask them, how did coming to paper camp affect you and your business? And how? so getting them taught, like I will strategically place those kind of episodes mm-hmm. in the middle of our sales cycle. So we have gotten a lot more strategic about it. We did test paid ads for a while. We worked with a marketing agency and they were wonderful, but I also felt like there were a lot of people asking to be advertisers on our podcast that were not applicable to our audience. And for me, it's very important. These people trust me and they yeah. they they respect the recommendations I make. So I don't want to recommend or do ads for things that aren't in alignment with what my audience needs. So we ended up not discontinuing that at the end of 2019. So we have played in different ways with our marketing strategy. It is continuing to get stronger. It is continuing to evolve as we figure out new ways of doing things. But I've realized that 
the best marketing strategy for a podcast is to promote our own programs, our own mm. services, and really, truly highlight the people in our community that are doing amazing things. Because when people are inspired by those stories, they want to get into the action too. They want to join the community. So yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. You and another one of my clients has just started doing this as well. And I can already see the impact that it's having on her podcast, on her business. Because when you hear that firsthand testimony about somebody's services or yeah. like your conference and things like that, I think it really makes a difference. But I also too want to say as your editor, but also a listener, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the way you do the interviews is so good because like you said, it's not a sales pitch. You ask them about their business, what they're up to, the growth they've seen or the changes they've made and how that's impacted their business and their lives. And then, you know, maybe at the end you'll ask, when did you come to Paper Camp? Remind me, you know? Yeah. So I think the way you do it is just really smart. It's very seamless. And uh, I mean, as a former product person, you know, I still get so much out of listening to your episode. So Thank you've done you really so well much, with that. Caroline. I appreciate yeah. that. And, you know, we have started interjecting like, real ads in the middle of things. And I, I I try to do it on the front end or the back end more so than a mid roll, because I just feel like that's more my style of like, Hey, I want to let you know this is happening, but I don't want to be in your face all the time. But (laughs) yeah, but thank you for that. And I got to say, you have been such a great mentor through this whole process and explaining to me the things that are the trends that are happening in the podcasting world, suggesting things that we might be able to do better. Um, So I just want to thank you for like, the show is what it is today. And it launched to the world because of you. And so your listeners need to understand and know that. Okay. Well, let's all pause for a little love fest here. Holy moly. (laughs) Um, I mean every word of it. (laughs) Yeah, you're awesome. Um, And you were my first client. So you're you're my most special client. You know that, right? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Okay. So I want to go back to talking about your community and your business. You kind of mentioned a little bit, uh, a couple questions back, just about how everything has grown because of the podcast. And the podcast is now really helping funnel people to you and your services. But can you give us a little bit more insight into how you've kind of harnessed that that power? So like, where are you sending people? I know you have a Facebook group for the podcast. Can you just talk we a little do. bit about that and how all of that has grown? Yeah. So we're sending people different places at different times based upon, again, our sales cycle for different things. Um, but we have created, we, we launched a new website last year and I was very intentional about having a start here section, which sounds so basic, yeah. but we really have four different variations of our audience. People just starting out are needing different things than the people that have been in business for, you know, eight, 10 years. So the start here section of our website really does does help to segment people and give them the tools and resources that are applicable to where they are in their business. So we oftentimes send people there. The other thing we do is we have a free Facebook group. It's called the Friends of Proof to Product. And Mm -hmm. I'm trying to be more diligent in there about checking in with people and offering resources and and the engagement. I think that's an area where I'm a little bit weaker and I I should be putting more effort into it. But it's also hard to run so many darn groups and be active. Yeah. I do think that's something we could work on. And then, you know, we've got a handful of opt-ins and things like most podcasters Mm -hmm. and service-based business owners. But again, I try to get very clear. I I will say one of the things we had to do last year when we were doing our rebrand and new website and stuff was get 
extra clear, like go back to basics of like, who is our listener? Who is our audience? What do they need? What problems are they facing? And I think, you know, that's something a lot of people talk about for brand new businesses, but I think it's Mm -hmm. also super important for seasoned businesses to go back to basics and assess those things every now and then. We'll hit nine years next month in business. And so, you know, just reevaluating it. Are my assumptions about who we're talking to true or not? And how can I make adjustments if we need to? Well, and that helps you to kind of determine, you know, what content do I need to be putting out there? 100%. Uh, because you need to be meeting your listeners where they're at. Yep. And you knowing your listeners so well, like where they are in the process really helps you kind of determine what you need to be talking about. Yes, I agree and with you. even on the fly, like, you know, for instance, you did an episode recently about uh, trade shows, uh, which is something huge that you talk about with your listeners and your your audience. And I loved it because it was, it was so great, but it was a very last minute decision, but it was what they needed. It was what they needed to hear because everybody is getting ready for that. And so I think that's just a really key part of podcasting, especially when it's tied to your, your business is really thinking about where your listeners are, where your audience is, and that's going to help you with your customers as well. I also just wanted to like, just throw this in there, but you actually rebranded your entire business to your podcast name, which is so cool. (laughs) I did. And it was not, it's so funny. I got an email. So we rebranded last May, that was May, 2019. And I think it was May. Was it May? Yes. Anyhow, last year, 2019. But I got an email from somebody that was like, did you do this on purpose? Did you start your (laughs) podcast? And then two years later, like was the whole plan from the start of the podcast to rebrand to the podcast? And no, I'm not that like brilliant and thinking ahead, the visionary (laughs) there. But um, we did. It was, you know, I had outgrown my previous business name. I had been feeling uncomfortable in it for a couple of years. But I, nothing felt right to change it to. And we started the podcast and I knew I wanted it under a different name. And it just, it felt right to then transition to that later because we then had a new name for ourselves and people knew yeah. the podcast name. And so it wasn't like I had a grand plan to to roll that out over three or four years, but it, it, it was a happy accident for sure. I love it. I just think that's so cool. <laughs> Before we wrap up, I want to talk a little bit about your podcasting situation. So you are podcasting from home. Can you tell us a little bit about your setup? Um, Do you have an office? What does it look like? Sure. So my very fancy garage office at home. (laughs) Yeah, we converted half of our garage to be more of an office space. And then the other half is like, you know, storage space and my husband's Mm -hmm. gym equipment or whatever. It's not that big of a garage, but it sounds huge right now as I described it. Um, But yeah, I've got... um, my um, iMac desktop here, I use the Blue Yeti mic. Um, I do have some ring lights when I'm doing video interviews with people, oh, nice. uh, but I keep it pretty simple. I record on yeah. Zoom with people. Well, I like the face-to-face seeing people on Zoom when I'm recording just because I think it makes for an easier conversation. But mm-hmm. we record there and we also record using Zencaster. And I oftentimes will also record on QuickTime just because things happen. So. And that's what Caroline likes. <laughs> I like I like QuickTime audio. It's pretty. Yeah, it is. It sounds good, right? Yeah, it does. Uh, what challenges do you face podcasting at home? I know you have four kids, but they're usually in school when you're podcasting, right? Yeah, I usually plan it that way. So I have so I do batch record a couple times a month. I'll set aside like two to three days a month to do my recordings, and I'll have you know anywhere from. 
usually three episodes that I record in a single day. So um, I, I find that I'm getting the groove and it's easier to have these conversations. And I don't know, it's just fun for me. And I find that it makes the process of scheduling them and editing them and planning ahead of time so that we mm-hmm. have a buffer much easier. Um, but yeah, I mean, okay, I will tell you, I can never record on Tuesdays because the gardeners from our neighbors are always <laughs> around and it sounds awful in the morning. I sometimes worry about the audio because it's a garage, you know, it's converted, but it's not like a soundproof studio. Sometimes it's really cold and sometimes it's really hot in the garage too. Yeah. So, I mean, these are silly things, but it does play into your comfort level as a, as a host, if you're, you know, chat teeth are chattering or you're sweating. So true. So true. <laughs> but no, I mean, I love recording from home. I will say too, another challenge is we've had a few people request for in-person interviews. We do everything virtual, but we Uh have had a few people that requested. I live in Los Angeles, so, you know, a local in-person recording. And I've been hesitant because I I work out of my house and I'm not really set up for that. But yeah, I am contemplating like, should I rent a studio for like a day or a half day and just do it that way? So we'll see. But those are just some of the challenges that I experience working. From yeah. Home. Yeah. No, I feel all those greatly. I'm in the middle of trying to find a new place to record in my house. And I tried my dining room table the other day and literally it was like jets flew over, dogs were barked. I was like, everything <laughs> that can go wrong has gone wrong. Right. And, and sometimes it's just like that. But I know. You just have to adjust and adapt and, you know. There was one time where it was pouring rain and it was like cats or dogs and because again, I'm in the garage. It was like not very well insulated. And I, I I think on my audio, I said to you at the end, I was like, Caroline, I hope this sounds okay. I hope you can't hear these huge raindrops. <laughs> but you know, these are, this is the life of a podcaster. You're, you're trying to make sure you have the best audio with what you got. So. Yeah. Well, and a, and a work from home business owner too, you know, right, right, it's right. all about adapting. So totally. Uh, this has been amazing. I've really enjoyed this chat. I mean, I me know too. the ins and out of your podcast, but getting to sit down and talk about it has been really fun for me. So thank you so much. Oh, I loved it too. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Before we go, can you tell us where to find you and tell us about like when you release new episodes? Sure thing. So you can find me at proofdoproduct.com. There's a button at the top that says podcast and you can head there for our latest episode. I'm also on Instagram at proof2product and it's uh, it's spelled out T-O, not the number two for proof2product. And then my new shows come out every Tuesday. So take a listen. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, where are we now? Pandora. Everywhere. We're everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> We're everywhere you can get your podcast. <laughs> That's right. Well, thank you so much, Katie. Thank you, Caroline. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. To stay in the know, head to wildhomepodcasting.com and be sure to connect with me on Instagram at wildhomepodcasting. See you next week.